Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, everyone can be part of the problem sometimes. It really does start with you. And then it bleeds out to your community and then it goes out to the world. And that's really how social change happens. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, We release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, ladies, today we have a very special guest and we are covering a topic that I'm actually surprised we haven't covered just yet because it's super important. Magdala is an Ethiopian American writer, advocate, and organizer. She's the author of Plus Size, a memoir of pop culture, fat phobia, and social change. She's also a contributor of the anthology Pan-African Spaces, essays on Black transnationalism, and her work has been featured in the North England Black and Minority Ethnic Pennycrest Zine. She is an avid student of feminism and critical race theory, and Magdala earned her MA in social and public policy from the University of Leeds, where she wrote about how the media and public perception shape each other and the public policies that create our realities. Magdala, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you. Glad to be here. We are so excited to have you here and definitely looking forward to this much needed conversation. And so I am going to start us off with our quote of the day. Our quote of the day is a statistic from a national research study, which Magdala, you provided us with this information. So our quote, 70% of American women are a size 14 or larger. The average American woman is a size 16 to 18. However, only 18% of the clothes sold in brick and mortar stores is plus size. First of all, Magdala, thank you for sharing that statistic with us because it's so important to ground us in this conversation that we're going to have today. 
And when you were, not were, are doing the work that you do, what does this quote, what does this statistic mean to you? How does it help shape your conversations? Um, it just illustrates um, a lot of the the problem. You know, a large swath of society, a large swath of the population is finding it difficult to access, you know, different resources and even to just access institutions at all. And, and it really, it's devastating, you know, the effect that we see that have on society and on individuals is, is really devastating. Magdala, would you mind telling us about your origin story and what your journey was to becoming the Magdala that you are today? Sure. When people, I answer the same way when people ask how I wrote it, the book, but so in like around 2016, when Trump became like right before Trump became president, I was a community organizer in LA working with communities of color. And when the Trump presidency hit, everybody just like, it was like chaos. Everything went up in smoke. <laughs> went up in the air. Everyone was running around like a chicken with their head cut off. And I was no different, right? I was no different. And so I started writing my blog just so that I could organize my thoughts and just so I could record everything that was happening and, you know, come up with some kind of a, a, a plan, you know, and it was out of that blog actually that I got the the materials and the essays for my um, book. You know, when I think about that time period, it has shaped so many of our lives. And it, and it was a turning point for a lot of us, right? And so prior to that point, right, what was life like for you? And so kind of paint the picture for us on how life was before and then how it shifted at that point to get you where you are right now. Absolutely. You know, I was already, of course, doing, you know, social justice work, but, you know, especially being younger, you know, being in college, you have like these rose colored glasses on and you're very naive and thankfully like optimistic, you know, about the world, especially when I was younger, I was really very heavily involved in electoral politics and really believing. But interestingly enough, I think that that whole experience really taught me, you know, that, you know, it's both sides have their issues, you know, both sides have their problems with racism, both sides of like the electoral politics in this country, kind of stalemate politics in a way. No, but there's no one group that's really perfect. And, you know, just showing, you know, me and others, kind of like the way, you know, the way forward, you know, which is just always being aware, you know, that everyone can be part of the problem sometimes. It really does start with you. And then it bleeds out to your community. And then it goes out to the world. And that's really how social change happens. Thank you for sharing that. I kind of want to shift gears a little bit. And before we talk about your book, I just want to lean into fat phobia in general. And I will say I've pretty much been a slim woman for the majority of my life. And although slim, we've talked about this on the podcast too, I believe we, we talked about the the experiences that slim women have. Many of us have experienced as far as the you know teasing and things like that growing up. However, even still, I've been very aware that I would like to say my fully figured sisters, I feel like they definitely, I feel like we have a privilege as slim women. And I feel as though the fully figured women have definitely had a tougher experience. But for those that maybe don't really understand fat phobia, can you talk about how fat phobia shows up in everyday life? And actually, like, what does it mean for folks that are kind of removed from that experience? That's a great question. I actually just did a, a training recently at work and I wish I had it right now. There was like a, a privilege wheel and it just showed, you know, and it was asking like staff to really think about how you might be privileged. So for instance, it had, you know, body size where closer to privilege, it was like slim. And then in the middle, it was like average. And then at the very outside of the circle, it was like large. And then to compare that to something else, it was like, let's say class, right? Obviously the wealthy were the closest and then middle class, and then poor was at the very end, and then skin tone, right? It had dark was, uh, or sorry, I would say white or light was at the closest to the power. And then the middle one just said other shades. And then the outer one said dark. 
And then it had like education, you know, the closest to the power was like, you know, a university education. And then it was like in the middle, it was like maybe high school. And then at the end, out, outer one, it was like below high school education. And it, it, it just went on in that, in that format. And so, so that's kind of like how you want to think about it. It's just like something like an implicit bias. It's like kind of like the way you would think about any privilege. Like the most famous one is maybe white privilege where it's invisible to the people who have it because the systems work to make it invisible right? You just think that's just normal, right? That's just how everybody moves through the world. But then when you examine that more, you see, you start, you can start to see it, you know, how other people don't benefit from that. And then the people that are part of that marginal, whatever the marginalized group might be, they know that they don't have that privilege and they know other people don't have that privilege. All right, lady, this insightful conversation with Magdala is just beginning. Up next, we're going to talk more about what fat phobia means, why I felt a bit ignorant in regards to this topic, and much, much more. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about one of our sponsors. Now, lady, you know this is a grown woman podcast, okay? And chances are, if you're an avid listener, you know we get a little blatchet over here. We get bougie, classy, and we get ratchet. So today's sponsor should not come as a surprise. Uber Lube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-friendly ingredients. It's just silicone with a little bit of vitamin E. The vitamin E leaves a velvety finish that actually moisturizes the skin. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. And if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality body-safe ingredients and nothing beats Uber Lube. Y'all, I didn't test this out myself and let me tell you, it's A1, okay? It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, or anal. There's no flavor or scent. It's latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. And Uber Lube even works underwater, making it great for fun in pools, hot tubs, bathtub, all that good stuff, okay? Right now, Uber Lube is offering Cultivating Her Space listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use our code herspace at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping. Just use code herspace at uberlube.com. All right, let's dive back in. I just want to uh, lean in a bit more to that. When, when it comes to like fat phobia, what does that mean? What does that mean for folks and how does that play out in the real world for folks that have not experienced that? Fat phobia is like this like just hatred, you know, hatred and revulsion towards fat bodies. And so, and it, and it looks like just like everyday, you know, discrimination, you know, not being hired for a job or not being paid the money that you deserve or not being chosen for opportunities or even like just being harassed on the sidewalk, you know, because somebody just didn't like the way you looked that day or something like that. It's so ridiculous when I... When I hear what, when you describe what fat phobia is, right? It's so ridiculous that we engage with people in this way. But the reality is that this is why it's an implicit bias, right? Because. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, 
Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Those of us who hold the privilege can also engage in, in fat phobia in ways that we don't even realize, right? So some of the examples that you gave are the more overt, blatant ways in which we might discriminate against fat people. And I'm going to use that word because we're using the term fat phobia, right? And so what are the ways, what are the subtle ways or not so obvious ways in which many of us are engaging in fat phobia and don't even realize it? I would say, you know, diet culture, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to eat this because I don't want to get fat, you know, or I need to go to the gym every day because I don't want to get fat, you know, it's just like the the little things that are literally just part of our everyday lives that we don't realize are aspects of like fat phobia and diet culture is like a big driver of that. That's been very normalized, I think. I have to say, like Della, I feel like I have an internal conflict as we have this conversation because although this is very different, I am not comparing race and this conversation at all, but this is the best way that I can like wrap my mind around this. I think about when I've had experiences trying to explain the plight of black people to a white person. And it's very frustrating when they just don't understand and to think about the fact that it's so bizarre to think that, wow, you don't really see what we go through. And so I feel as though I'm an ignorant person that is, you know, asking you all of these questions. And I know that there's, I would assume that there's a degree of emotional labor that you've done as you do this work. And so I'd love to know how can we be, I want to say good allies. If those of us, I want to say have like body image privilege, if that makes sense, how can we be advocates and allies for those that don't have that privilege, if that makes any sense at all. I hope I worded that correctly. (laughs) Take the time to talk to your own family and friends, you know, and to, you know, to call people in. And, you know, if you see someone, you know, being attacked for being fat, you know, definitely if it's like safe, maybe not even like in a physical context, but like online or something, you know, you can always use your privilege to stand in in the middle, you know, and and shield them from that. Yeah. And just generally helping to protect fat people and, and to promote their safety. Thank you so much for answering that. And, you know, and we'll probably say thank you a lot during this episode, because as Terry mentioned, we, we recognize the emotional labor that goes into having a conversation like this. Right. And so We want to shift gears just a little bit and shift up the energy just a touch. And we want to talk about your book, Plus Size, A Memoir of Pop Culture, Fat Phobia, and Social Chains. So tell us more about it. Tell our listeners who might not have heard about it yet. Tell us us some of the things, the juicy things that we need to know. It's written as kind of like a creative nonfiction book. And so it has, you know, some history, statistics, but also like book reviews, movie reviews, television reviews, and also just, you know, real life incidents and examples and essays taken from my own life that really illustrate a big picture. It tells, it tells a story like through all of these different mediums and yeah. That's exciting. And I'd love to know, we'll probably, you know, cover this at the end and also add the link in the show notes, but where can people purchase your book if they want to support you? Sure, sure. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Also, it was self-published on Book Baby, so nobody's heard about that. But if you want to support an independent bookseller, it's on there as well. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. And can you talk to us a little bit about how pop culture has impacted the way that we treat each other just as a society in general. And it's interesting because we we just see it as entertainment, but really, you know, pop culture is teaching us, you know, how to view the world. How do we see people? How do we and and how we see people translates to how we treat people, you know. And then it even impacts, you know, public policies because then politicians going off of that same knowledge will 
you know, legislate things that can be very harmful or very good, you know, for populations based on that. But, you know, a really good example of that recently, the the Oscars incident with Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. I, I almost, I, this is the second time I've almost said Chris Brown, but it's Chris Rock. <laughs> And so I've been having conversations about this all week. I work with uh, Black women at my job, and we had we had a conversation about this as well. And, you know, just even walking my dog today, I overheard a group of older Black men talking about it. And I, was, I felt so glad that I got to overhear that. And one of them was saying, you know, that Oscars, like all of the cameramen were Black men, you know, or Black people. And, you know, and then, you know, Will got up there and he did that and, you know, it just ruined it, you know, and now, now they're going to say like, this is, they're all like that, you know, that's what they're going to say. And I'm, and I'm, and and I'm like, and and these were older black men and like, you know, and I understand, you know, the generational differences and, and, but that really seems to be like the two different sides of the, the debate right now, where it's like, you know, people who understand why and the people who are saying, you know, that was completely uncalled for, right? But the reason why I, you know, understand where Will was coming from is because of that, because, you know, pop culture informs how we treat each other, right? And and so people only focus on the slap and they they completely obscure what everything that happened before that, right? So what, what happened? Why they, we didn't just get up on stage and slap him out of nowhere, right? There was something that triggered that. And so it was a joke, you know, Chris Rock. And I, and I do believe he knew what he was doing. You know what I mean? He made a very insensitive joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's hair and, and her hair is she's lost it because of her condition, which is alopecia. And so, and people were saying, well, he didn't know, but this is also the man who has been targeting Jada for years since 2016. He has also made light of black women before, you know, he had that documentary, Good Hair, which was more disrespectful than anything. (laughs) It was actually a comedy. He did not portray that in a respectful light. And And it's intentional. You know, there's a very specific type of man that, you know, punches down at black women. And, and I do believe that Chris Rock is that man, you know, and I think based on their interactions with him, the Smith family understood that as well. So when that joke was made, you know, and, and that, you know, that violence, it hit Jada, you know, so Will got up and he returned that violence back in a different form by, by slapping him. And I know people are saying that that was inappropriate, but, you know, for someone, you know, like me, who's been a black woman my whole life, who has black hair, you know, or who has a black hairstyle and who understands like the associated trauma with that, you know, and, you know, and who's seen just as someone like I've written in my book about how I've seen, you know, the way disabled people are treated interpersonally on a policy level, you know, politically, even now during the pandemic, how they're just constantly thrown under the bus, right? You know, it's like, I understand that those words are more than just words. Like those words are violence. Those words are, they incite violence against vulnerable groups of people, you know, and they shape how we think and how we see each other and how we treat each other. And and that's why, you know, cause I understand that very well. So for me, the slap, you know, somebody said it well, when they said, you know, he was just speaking Chris Rock's language, right? Because I'm sure they've, they've talked to him before and that didn't work, right? Like you can say, well, you know, I, you know, you need to stop talking about us, but, you know, some people are not going to be, you know, open to that, you know, to being called in like that. So, you know, that's just, that's just how I have to see it, you know? And so a lot of us really saw that as someone standing up for black women, you know, someone standing up for disabled people, you know, or and standing against making jokes about, you know, and punching down of these groups, you know, because, you know, I've definitely encountered black men like Chris Rock or even not non-black men like Chris Rock. So, you know, it, and it's like that hashtag or that's really like, that has more meaning, like, you know, respect black women and protect black women, you know, and, and those words and the treatment we see every day of vulnerable groups, that's really just shows you how pop culture and words have that effect to change how you view people and how you treat them as a result. Whew. 
it's layered, right? I think that's the thing about issues like this, right? That it's, it's layered and complex. I don't condone violence, but I understand where it comes from, right? So as you were saying, you know, that he was, Will Smith was returning Chris Rock's level of engagement, right? I can under I can understand that. I don't like it, I don't agree with it, but I can understand it, right? I think where it gets complex for a lot of people is what does protecting black women, what does protecting vulnerable communities really look like, right? And who is expected to do it, right? Because something that I've also seen in the conversations is that the idea of protecting and defending Black women with violence is a form of toxic masculinity. The expectation and the understanding that when a one, that a woman needs defending, and two, that it's up to the man to def- defend her honor by using violence against someone else. And so when you put that part into the conversation as well, I think that's where things can get really complex, right? Like, yes, Black women need protecting, but what does that protection really look like? I just wanted to chime in and say, I think that that particular incident, it brought up a lot of emotions for a lot of people. I have mixed emotions about it and understanding both perspectives and just introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com the tool that makes wordpress wonderful for everyone website creation is hard but now with bluehost you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals and the wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your wordpress website or store in minutes seriously From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Agreeing with the way that things were done as well, but... One of the things I took away from what you said, Nectella, is I thought this was a bar. This is so powerful. How we see people impacts how we treat people. That is so powerful and so true. And I think that in the climate that we live in today, you know, people for a long time have admired celebrities and have looked to them for, you know, trends and influence. But I think even more so today with social media, they have a bigger responsibility because who knows how that entire interaction in general is going to impact how other people move forward. So I do think that. I think people just doing the work, their personal work and figuring out, you know, how they can show up best for themselves and their legacy and all that stuff. I think that that all matters. I would love to talk a bit about misconceptions, right? And some of the common misconceptions about being plus size or being fat. And I've always felt weird saying fat because it it seemed like a derogatory term. I'd love to know your thoughts on that too, Magdala. So I'm just kind of I'm just going to just give you all that that verbal vomit now and feel free to just kind of see what comes up for you after that statement. Yeah, I, I just wanted to acknowledge the the previous points. Absolutely. You know, protecting Black women, you know, it's really just, I think, you know, not 
you know, using that language or using words that is like derogatory and disrespectful and punching down, you know, not making jokes or making light of the situation because it's not, it's not a joke. (laughs) (laughs) But then, you know, of course, you know, words, you can also use words to defend, you know, against that or to say, you know what, that's wrong. Or, you know what, you shouldn't say that or don't do that. You know, using your actions, you know, protecting, you know, black women, you know, supporting black women, support black women, you know, when they speak about their experiences, you know, listen, you know, believe them, you know, when they ask you what they need, you know, do that, you know, (laughs) there's really in different ways. And we could talk about that. I think it was just a very specific situation. It was unfortunate, you know, obviously, you know, I don't think Will planned it, obviously. He was just reacting in the moment and, and, and this is how people were seeing it. But to answer your question, yeah, the misconceptions, the biggest one, you know, would be, you know, fat isn't a bad word. I think it's been used as a bad word or as something negative, but it's not. It's it's a neutral descriptor. And But the thing is, is that the way that it's coded, you know, it's almost the way that it's presented, you know, through language and even just from like a very young age, the way we're taught about it is it's, you know, fat is ugly. It's bad. You know, it's a negative thing, you know, or, you know, it means that you're unhealthy or you're lazy and you're an immoral, bad person. You know, <laughs> that's kind of like what it's, what the coding is there. And, and, and those are all misconceptions. Like, you know, fat doesn't necessarily mean ugly it's not a bad thing. It's a neutral descriptor. And it, and it doesn't mean you're lazy. You know, people really just have different body types and react to the environment differently and their environments differently. And it definitely doesn't mean that you're immoral or a bad person. I think, you know, fat is just a neutral descriptor. Thank you for that. Yes, I appreciate you clarifying that because even earlier when I used the word, I noticed how I like gave a descriptor, gave a disclaimer with it, right? And I think that that speaks to a lot of our discomfort, right? And a lot of our socialization around our size and, and body image. And so... What are some of the ways that you've noticed pop culture is socializing us to not like fat people? My eyes recently were just open because I didn't even notice it either before. Like I didn't realize that that was happening. Sometimes somebody else would point it out and then I started seeing it. Like a really good example, Insecure. Like I loved super fan of, you know, (laughs) this show. Like I, I loved it. And I, I've been watching like every season and I never noticed before that there, it was fat phobic the way that they were portraying Kelly until somebody pointed it out to me. So if you notice, like, she's kind of like always, that character is kind of always given the short end of the stick. You know, she, she's kind of like a, just like a comedic relief. She it's kind of, she's kind of paid off as a joke. She doesn't have like the character development that the other one, that the other characters do. She doesn't really have anything really going on in her life. She's just kind of like a supporting character to the thinner black woman. <laughs> and like, and people, a lot of people love her because she, she's funny, you know, but unfortunately a lot of the the jokes that she's, a part of or the butt of are just really fat phobia, you know, and I, I didn't even catch that when I first saw it, but it was after being told that I saw it. And then after I saw it, I started noticing that in other shows as well. But, and I know I wouldn't have like, for instance, I don't know if uh, you're familiar with the show on my block on Netflix. It's the main cast is both like black actors and Latinx actors and they are in high school and it is just showing their lives. And so the main, the main cast, so there's, there's one thin, light skinned Afro Latina <laughs> woman. There's two white Latino boys. And then there's one black, I believe African American boy. And those are the four main cast members. And so, oh, and also there's like a, a so, so she's not really a main cast member. She's kind of like, she, at, at least at the beginning, she was kind of like a supporting and then she moved to like a main cast member, a plus size white Latina. So, and then you'll notice. And so, and then because of like the conversations that people had had with me about Insecure, you know, Kelly and Insecure, I picked up on the plus size character in On My Block. What's her name? Was it? Uh, I don't even want to say in case I get her name wrong. 
Yeah. So, so you can just see it in the beginning, like though, because she was like the only, and then there was like, and there was like a, a, a supporting character who was like a skinny white Latina in the beginning. And, and like, you can just see like the way the, the plus size white Latina was, she was completely like, they portrayed her as like, like a, it was like a minstrelsy trope. Like she was just really loud abrasive they even racialized it she was like the the ghetto one where she would wear like big hoops and she was just really like her she had like a lot of like add a lot of flavor but it was like disrespectful like the way they did it it was very honest it was very obviously like an fu and then like but the the skinny white latina and like the the skinny light-skinned afro-latina like they were portrayed very like in a more respectful manner and they weren't like played up as like ghetto or anything like that. They were just allowed to just be, you know, <laughs> they, were, they just were, they were just chilling and like, and the, and the dudes as well. And like, you can even see like, and all of the characters, like all of the skinny characters, like hated the plus size Latina at the beginning. And then like, and so and it was like, you could just see it. And then like it, she eventually moved forward to the front, but still like that past like colored her. So like they eventually improved her character in a way that insecure didn't with Kelly. So that was the one plus the one plus side I saw, but that was like really interesting to realize because I don't think I would have picked up on that before. Right. It's all very like coded. I'm with you. I think this conversation for me is definitely going to be eye opening and just noticing different shifts and the way things are being portrayed. So I'll definitely keep my eye open for that and look for ways that I can also be an ally and advocate. I'd love to know, what feedback have you gotten from people about your book at this point in the journey? Any particular feedback that you'd like to share? I've gotten really positive feedback. People were saying that it really was well-written, you know, well-researched and well-done, you know, that it really did a good job of like showing that trajectory and, and of telling that story. And even for someone like who, who had never heard any of the terminology or who was completely unfamiliar with like that cultural conversation, like to catch you up to speed, like kind of like a basic primer, basically. That's so exciting. That is super exciting. And so as we think about this conversation that we're having, what is something about body positivity that you wish more people knew about? Because I think we focused a lot on some of the harmful things that are occurring, but I want us to kind of shift and talk about some of the positive things. Like what, what's something in body positivity you wish more people knew about? So before I answer that question, I just wanted to let you know that I Googled it and the name of the character is Jasmine. <laughs> so now, you know, I wanted to Thank say Jessica. I wanted to say Jessica, but that's the name of the actress. So Jasmine, Jasmine's the character. Now I'm going to have to look at that show up. Thank you for circling back on that. (laughs) It's good. It's good. I recommend it. (laughs) But just like, you know, being aware of like those messages that you're not like implicitly affected by it and then internalize that. And then it ends up coming out of you (laughs) You because that's how it works. And I think that really is the, the key is having that media literacy so that you can be aware of when, you know, those messages are being sent so that you're not going to internalize them as much and you, you won't end up, you know, being the next person who's going to do that to somebody else. But yeah, something about body positivity that I wish people knew. It was actually started by plus size or fat black women. It was just, you know, you know, fat or plus size women in the beginning, but really it was, you know, black women that were doing the work. And and you'll notice like when it's like any social movement, it's always black women. (laughs) It's always black women. They're always, always I was going to say that too. I was going to say, girl, ain't it it always us though? Okay. Yes. We want to (laughs) say. Exactly. Exactly. But you'll notice like, like I wrote about that in the book as well, like that first essay. So there's a, a trend that we've seen with like social movements where even people that have the best intentions that get together in order to dismantle a certain system of power, it'll just end up replicating the same power structure. And it's like nobody even intended to. It's just like how power works. And that's kind of like what happened there. But I mean, obviously, you know, it's obviously also been co-opted. You know, when it became mainstream, when it became like marketed, you know, in that way and 
you know, kind of co op like by corporate, you know, including Lane Bryant, who, by the way, is not even really serving the popular, like the, its client base, you know, it's a plus size retailer that doesn't do its job. There's many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as a result of that, like the face of body positivity quickly became a white woman, you know, a smaller white woman with a very specific figure, you know, and that's, completely predictable if you know anything about the world that we live in (laughs) but you know (laughs) but you know it was it was you know carried by plus size or fat black women and you know i'm glad that my at least my book you know recorded that history so that it won't be forgotten thank you for sharing that but yes that is spot on and yes very predictable we're going to shift up the energy in just a bit but mcdowell i'd love to know do you think that rihanna is doing a good job with her brand like Savage X Fenty and how she's trying to just showcase different brands of beauty within her, within her business. I did like that. Yeah, I did notice that, that she, it was like intentional that she showcased women of different skin colors, you know, women of different body sizes, you know, in her fashion show, you know, it was like the anti Victoria's Secret, which by the way, you know, that's like the funniest story ever, you know, Victoria's Secret got canceled because they only had these really skinny cis white models, you know, and people boycotted them and because of body positivity and then they went out of, like, they lost a lot of money and they had to rebrand. <laughs> That's like the funniest story ever. But then, so, but then Rihanna came in and she did it like much better. You know, she had her own line and her own fashion show and it just was like everything Victoria's Secret wasn't, you know, and I, and I did appreciate that. And I thought that's like a great start at least. Thank you for chiming in on that. All right. This has been a very educational conversation and I feel like we've had like a pretty like chill vibe kind of throughout, but now it's about to get a little, about to get a little colorful. Okay. It's going to get a little juicy. So (laughs) because we recognize, appreciate and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe here, McDowell, that it's okay to be bougie, classy and ratchet. And you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music. We want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? Yes. Awesome. And if you all, all right. you all can't see McDella right now, but she has a big smile on her face. If you're tuning in on Patreon, you can see the video, but she quickly said yes. And then just the smile is just big, beautiful smile. So let's go ahead and tell you what you signed up for, Magdala, because now we got you. You said yes. So now we're going to dive on it. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions, and then we're going to have you choose a number between one and three because we've stalked your Instagram and we have three photos from your Instagram pulled up on the big screen. And we want you to choose that number. We'll show you the photo. And then we'd love for you to provide more context behind the photo. So sharing with us something that we wouldn't know about this particular photo or where you were in life at that time that we can't see from the photo. So I'm going to pass it on over to my partner and podcaster here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first question What's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? The first thing that popped in my head is kind of depressing, but (laughs) I would say it's that, you know, take people at face value. You know, I think what a lot of us are guilty of doing is seeing what we want to see, right? Instead of what's actually there. So, you know, kind of like just when people show you who they are, believe them. I love it. That's a classic right there. All right. Magdala, I have four words for you. Okay. Twerk or two-step? What you doing? Two-step. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with a little two-step. Ain't yes. nothing wrong with a two-step. Yes. Ain't nothing wrong with yes. a two-step. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Magdala, what is the sexiest item you own? A piece of black lingerie from Torrid, which is funny because Torrid is another plus size retailer that is just letting down plus size women. <laughs> but it's kind of cute. It, it's like lacy and it has little flowers, but you can't even tell that they're flowers. So it's like, it just looks cute. But that's it. Thank I'm a big believer yeah. in every woman having one piece of black something mm-hmm. that makes them feel sexy. 
So I, I like that. I like that. And I like that you you mentioned a place where they're not really doing the best work, but you can still find that one gym. Yes, I love it. I love it. Exactly. (laughs) So now we're going to move on to the sentence completion. So the first sentence completion is one question or topic I wished people asked me about more often is. I would say my heritage. Yeah, I think, you know, people want, I mean, especially, you know, I'm sure both of you have experienced this. People want to put black people in a box they believe black people are a monolith. They don't believe it's kind of like dehumanizing, you know, they don't see us as full humans with like the full range that everybody else has, you know? And a lot of the times, like, because, you know, my family's from Ethiopia, you know, I have like a lot of African culture. People see that as like, you know, being weird or out of place or, you know, strange or something. So I just wish people would, be more open-minded and like less xenophobic, you know, and, 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 and learn more about like different, especially, and it's like, you know, there's like xenophobia that non-black people experience. And then there's the xenophobia that black people experience, right. Which is like, as always on 10, like on 100, you know? So it's like just being a little bit more open and, and learning about different cultures and heritages. Well, since you put it out there, the thing you wish more people knew about Ethiopia is that it's not that different. You know, I think, you know, that's a big part of like something that, you know, my community has discussed. It's like, again, it's the media, you know, the media is pushing a certain narrative about the rest of the world, but especially about African countries. And it's very much propaganda, you know, and it's like what I wish people knew. It's not what the media has told you it's different in a lot of ways but more similar to here than you realize like people are just people and if you went there you would see that yes yes call the media out okay that is propaganda indeed thank you for sharing and letting the people know our last sentence completion here is what i love most about myself is you know what i love most about myself is you know my personality i think i really like you know, the fact that I'm optimistic, that I try to be good and that I try to respect everybody. I, I really feel like everybody's equal. I really don't look down on anybody. I'm just really trying to cooperate so we could all enjoy this world and get to a better place. <laughs> so sweet. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Magdala, we have one last activity before we wrap up. And so we'd love for you to choose a number between one and three. And then we're going to surprise you with this photo here. Okay, let's do number one. Oh, number one. Okay, we don't get one often. Oh, you're going to love this. Okay, so some people are only tuning in to the audio. So when you see the picture, can you explain the picture and then give us the context behind the picture? Get ready for this one. I think both of you are going to love it. Look at this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah, actually, this is like an image description. So that's another thing we can talk about. So for blind users of social media, they can use Braille to, to read the words, but they can't see the pictures. So if you're like posting a picture on social media, it's good to do like an image description. You want to like describe it in your caption so that blind users will be able to know what the picture has. Yes. Thank you for that. Okay. Thank you. I, I try to do it, but I, sometimes I, I forget and that's on me, but you know, I, I, I try to remember. But this one is a picture of me in a leopard print cat suit <laughs> that's like his little zipper I have like a choker on and I dyed my hair dirty blonde and it was especially curly because I was going to a Halloween party as my childhood hero which is Melanie Brown from this or Mel B from the Spice Girls scary spies I love it this yes, is so fly so you all will have to tune in on Patreon to see the cool image this is why I believe representation matters because it's so funny after seeing her as a kid like this hair has always been beautiful to me like nobody could tell me nothing like not my family like not guys like not <laughs> the media like I this has always been like my version of beauty because even though there was like a lot of like white women in that band like she was like the one black lady she's like the most beautiful to me 
to be honest. And that's always been like my standard of beauty, to be honest. (laughs) There you go. Representation matters. Well, Magdala, this was amazing. Thank you so much for spending the time, having the patience to educate us, to share more information about your book, for schooling us on how to be more inclusive and, and how to be good allies and just recognizing the privilege that we have. This was really great. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Of course. And so can you remind our listeners of that amazing independent bookstore, book place, uh, book website, let me get my words together, that independent book website where they can get your book and then also tell them where they can find you on social media and anywhere else. I guess the the book the bookshop that it was called Book Baby, but even better, go to an independent bookstore in Pasadena called Romans. It's my favorite, and they're they're selling it there. <laughs> so if you like a physical, like to go physically somewhere, that as well. And on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at at plus size book lowercase. Amazing! Thank you so much, lady. Thank you both. This was a really fun conversation. (laughs) I'm glad to have it. Hey lady, it's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note, that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.